Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the treasure that is your word. Please strengthen and challenge us by it now. Help me to speak clearly and faithfully and help us to listen, eager to obey. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers. There is a famous scene in the life of Brian. Some of you know this one very well. There's a big crowd, they're gathering to hear Jesus give his sermon on the mount, but they're standing really far off so they can't quite make out what Jesus is saying. And he gets to the bit where it says, blessed are the peacemakers, but they're too far away. All they hear is blessed are the cheesemakers. Blessed are the cheesemakers, don't worry, it's metaphorical. It means anyone who's involved in the dairy industry, they say. It is a famous scene of them misunderstanding what Jesus has said. And I really like that scene because I think it's very easy for us to misunderstand what Jesus is saying in blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called the children of God. See, we're talking about peacemakers today. We're not talking about those who are peaceful. We love people who are peaceful. They never annoy us. They just seem to have bold heads, wear orange robes, and be chill all the rest of their lives. That's what we mean by someone who's very peaceful. We're not talking about someone who is a peacekeeper. Peacekeepers are also great. They resolve all the arguments. They don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to tread on anyone's tolls. We love peacekeepers. They smooth everything out. But Jesus isn't saying, blessed are the peaceful or blessed are the peacekeepers. He's saying, blessed are the peacemakers. The Beatitudes have been flipping the world's understanding on its head And Jesus' idea of peacemaking is one that can and will cause offense. It's a kind of peace that leads the peacemaker not to being valued and loved, but could lead the peacemaker to being rejected and hated. And it's a kind of peacemaker that is thoroughly like God in character, which is why they will be called sons of God. Our Bible says children of God, that's good. It's a bit like saying son of a gun, he's a bit like a gun. Son of God, he reminds us of God in character. And so when we're looking at peacemaker, we're going to be thinking, what reminds us of God in character? Now, this is one that I've misunderstood in the past as well. And so I kind of feel like giving you an hour sermon on what peacemaking is and what peacemaking isn't. But that's far too long. So our shortcut today will be looking towards Jesus. See how he makes peace and see him as the model which we're going to follow. So if you do have questions, please chat to me afterwards. But our shortcut and our best guide to avoid misunderstanding is looking towards Jesus. How does he make peace? And what example does he give for us to follow? Uh, We're going to do this in two points on your outline. The first one is the ultimate peacemaker. The second is our peacemaking. Two points, nice and simple. First one, Christ is the ultimate peacemaker. Christ is the ultimate peacemaker. Living in Australia, it's easy to forget that there are parts of the world that are still experiencing war. I've only known peace living in Australia all my life. I haven't personally been affected by war. You might have a different story. And I think if you are a follower of Jesus who has peace with God, it's very easy for us to forget that the rest of our world, our family, Our friends and our neighbors are at war with God. Some of them very actively as they purposely rebel, but others quite passively. They don't even know they're at war with God. 
but they ignore his rule over their lives. That's billions of people who do not have peace with God and they desperately need it because without it, they face death and judgment. But here is the good news. God is a peace-loving God. Our God is a peace-making God. And the whole history of redemption, the story of our Bibles from Genesis to Revelation, climaxing in the death and resurrection of Jesus, is God's strategy to bring a just and lasting peace between rebel man, all of us, and himself. And then between man and his fellow men, fellow man as well. In Colossians 1.20, we hear and see what peacemaking looks like. The hymn in our sentence is Jesus. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. How does Jesus make peace? Through his blood, which is the just payment for our sins. And because it's his blood, it's an effective and lasting payment for our sins. And the fact is that we are now reconciled to him and to our heavenly Father. We're restored into a right relationship with him. No longer enemies. Now we can call him our heavenly Father. We see our first and grand example of what peacemaking involves. And this peace is for all those who would trust Jesus as their Savior and submit to him as their Lord. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. He makes peace between God and man. And his road to get there was a costly one. He was ridiculed by others. He was betrayed, mocked, arrested, beaten, crucified. And at any point he could have stopped it. But he chose to endure it so that we could have peace. Near the end of Matthew's Gospel in chapter 26, we read about Jesus getting arrested. One of his disciples pulls out a sword and he starts swinging. But listen to what Jesus says in verse 52. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then would scriptures, the scriptures be fulfilled? that say it must happen this way. I love this story for many reasons, but it shows us in a nutshell what peacemaking can involve. They came at the Lord of Lords with clubs and swords. How humiliating. And he let himself to be arrested in order to save them. Jesus allowed himself to be mistreated because his goal was to make peace with those who were mistreating him, to make peace with his enemies, to make peace between man and God. That is the type of peacemaking Jesus has in mind when he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. It's a self-sacrificial kind of peacemaking, and with the ultimate goal being peace between God and man, and it overflows to peace between man and man. And so if you are here today, and you haven't made peace with God already, if you're not living with Jesus as the Lord of your life, know that God has gone to great lengths to make peace with you. 
be reconciled to him by turning away from your old life and living with him as your king. The great news is that Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker, but he also calls us to be peacemakers with him. So what does it look like for us, our peacemaking? Well, we can't achieve peace between God and man, but we are blessed if we are peacemakers just like Jesus is. You see, God's children have the character of their father. What he loves, they love. What he pursues, they pursue. You can know his children whether by whether if they're willing to make sacrifices for peace the way that God did. As followers of Jesus, we want everyone to be restored to a right relationship with God. That's the peace they need most. And the challenge from the Beatitudes is, are you willing to make peace the way that Jesus did? Are you willing to make those sacrifices so that others may know peace? Not because you have to, but because you desire them to be saved. Sometimes this isn't going to look like peace the way the world thinks about peace. We know the gospel is a message of peace between God and man, but we also know it's incredibly offensive. The gospel's offensive because it exposes us as sinners and it confronts us with the judgment we deserve. Paul in 2 Corinthians speaks of the gospel like this, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ amongst those who are being saved, and those who are perishing. To one, we are an aroma that brings death. To the other, an aroma that brings life. Who is equal to such a task? The gospel is offensive. It is like a foul stench to people who are perishing because it convicts them of their sin. The gospel is divisive, but we don't shy away from it because it is the only way for people to have peace with God even if it causes tension in this life. And some of us need to hear this. I know I need to hear this because I'm a peacekeeper and not a peacemaker. By default, I like to avoid conflicts. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. So I need to be challenged by Jesus in the gospel, willing to put his life on the line so that I can have peace with God. And I need to see that I need to be challenged to be willing to make peace with other people even if it means I become like a stench of death in their noses. We don't want to cause any offense. And so we never share the gospel of peace that we've been given. But blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called children of God. Friends, are you willing to make sacrifices for the peace the way that God did? Are you willing to bring it up with your family and friends to risk disturbing the friendship or that equilibrium that you've worked so hard to maintain. It's risky. It will cost you. It costs Jesus as well. That is a challenge to all the peacekeepers out there who are conflict avoiders. We are freed up. We don't have to keep the peace at all costs. That's not what he's saying. But we are to pursue true peace for others, no matter the cost. Now, the other half of the room needs to hear a very different message. I'm not saying just this half, but sprinkled amongst us aren't conflict avoiders. There's people who love conflict, or at least don't mind it. They like going into a situation and stirring it up. They like getting their own way. They don't mind conflict. But as children of God, we are to love peace because God loves peace. 
And we are to pursue peaceful relationships because God pursues peaceful relationships. Being peacemakers means we are willing to forgive and give up our rights so that people can see the goodness of the gospel and see God's peacemaking. And we want to bring about reconciliation wherever it's possible. So at times it does mean being peaceful. At times it does mean being peacekeeping, but not at the expense of peacemaking. I know a guy who's in ministry that regularly gets insulted by a man he's ministering to. Like just flat out name calling, verbal abuse, disrespect. And it really gets to him. Now the minister has every right to tell the guy not to come back to his group. To show respect or just leave. The minister can do that. But the minister knows that this man is at war with God. And if he tells him to go away, he may never know the peace that God offers in the gospel. So each week, the minister decides to do something remarkable. He decides to swallow his pride, to swallow the offense that he gets for the sake of making peace just like his Savior did. He's polite, gentle, and kind in response to anger and disrespect. And in doing so, he loves what his father loves and is willing to suffer like his Savior suffered. That man is a peacemaker. And he doesn't do it out of weakness, but out of meekness, submitting to God's will before his own. He's merciful because he knows he has been shown mercy. Friends, Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. And we are called to be peacemakers with him. It's a radical kind of peacemaking, isn't it? It focuses on bringing peace between God and man, but it also overflows into all of our relationships. And let us be like our peacemaking God so that the world can see our sacrifice and love for them and be reminded of our heavenly Father. Let us be called children of God. At the bottom of your outline, you can see a little apply section. And in there, we see a who and we see a what. I'd encourage you, write down that name that's been popping into your head as you've been listening to this sermon. That person who desperately needs to hear the gospel of peace or the person that you need to reconcile with. Here's one small disclaimer. We're not called to be peace achievers. It's not always in our power to achieve peace with others. But we are called to be peacemakers. There's also space to write what. What have you been challenged by? What do you need to repent of to be more like our Father in heaven? I'm going to give you a moment to jot down some ideas, and then I'm going to pray for us for those things that we've written down. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have made peace with us through Christ's blood shed on the cross. Help us to love peace as much as you do, and be willing to share the gospel of peace no matter the cost with others. We pray for the names that we've listed down. We pray that those people would be restored to a right relationship with you and a right relationship with others. And we pray that you would make us more like Jesus, the ultimate peacemaker. In his name we pray. Amen.